With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare this is the lombardi line with former nfl executive michael lombardi now here is your host timmy abbefe on vsan the Sports Betting Network. Welcome back. This is hour number two of the Lombardi line presented by BetMGM. Femi Abebefe alongside Mike Palm, who's filling in for Michael Lombardi. Lombardi says he'll be back on Tuesday after he's making his cross-country trip out here to Las Vegas. So uh, we look forward to his return here. But Mike Palm doing more than admirable of a job <laughs> in relief for Michael Lombardi. Uh, still to come later on this hour, in 15 minutes, Michael Sean Dugar, Seahawks beat writer at The Athletic, will join us to talk about the Seattle Seahawks offseason. And then in 30 minutes, Thomas Gable, sportsbook director over at the Borgata, will check in with his plays and his thoughts on the Big 12 tournament title game between Kansas and Texas. But right now, as we reset the deck to begin hour number two, let's discuss the most critical offseasons in the National Football League according to to Mike Palm, and we were talking about this during the break a little bit, is that when we've done these segments, we've done it now with you, with Mike Pritchard, and also Michael Lombardi, and there is one team that has been a common denominator across the board with all three of you guys in the critical offseason, and that is the Detroit Lions. Why did the Lions make your list? Well, they're close to the playoffs. Uh, They have two picks in the top 18 they're top 10 in salary cap, and they don't really have any you know, players that they need to really hold on to. Uh, the wide receiver, but they could, you know, they can go out the, on the free agent market too or through the draft. I think they need to draft defense. I think they've done a great job building the offensive line mm-hmm. uh, through the draft. And they're at a kind of a critical spot because they're in a division now where they haven't been really relevant for, for decades. You could argue generations, but really be relevant. And you just referenced it right now. The lukewarm favorite to win the NFC North. Aaron Rodgers is leaving. That opens it up. Vikings have issues. Um, Bears looking to build a team, but are they now? You know, are, are they a team now? It, it's really interesting. I have the Bears in the list as well. The you know the Bears have double the cap space of any other team. Think yeah. about that. Like double ninety plus million dollars. Double. They get more here. What you you pick up a number one in addition to the draft picks. You've got the overall nine pick, two second round picks, two fours and two fives this year. So I mean. This is a little bit like, you know, the situation, not, not quite to the extreme, that Dallas had when they traded Herschel Walker, then they cut all those guys with the mm-hmm. conditional draft picks. 
but they hit home runs on their draft picks, yeah. right? And then they built a team that won three out of four Super Bowls. You could argue that that team could have won a lot more if Jimmy Johnson uh, had stayed intact there. And then I've got your Seahawks, and we're going to talk uh, next segment about them as well. I think it's really interesting. They've been so good for so long. They've never had this kind of draft capital, right? I think a smart move. They lock up Geno. I think it sets them up to draft the quarterback at number five. Is it Anthony Richardson? Is it is it a, a swinging for the fence type pick? Could be. With Geno Domenorum, you don't need the kid to step in now. You don't even need him to step in next year. You can bring him along. Um, in addition to the five, they also have another in the top 22 second-round picks and another team top 10 salary cap availability. So, right. I mean, I, you can argue a lot of teams it's critical, right? The Patriots are critical. The Raiders, it's a critical offseason. Yeah. But I think these three stood out to me. I actually had the Lions won. And then after the trade yesterday, I bumped the Bears up to one because of the additional picks now. And I think the list that you have here goes in line with how I've thought about attacking the futures this offseason in the NFL. It's the opportunity is in the NFC. The, the AFC has Mahomes with the Chiefs, Burrow with the Bengals, and you're probably going to have Rodgers with the Jets in a couple of days here. There's so many established quarterbacks in established situations to where it's going to be hard from a betting standpoint to really find true value there because you're tying your money up for a long time if you were to make a bet right now all the way until January, February maybe even to where I think you're better spent spending your time on the NFC teams because with all these teams, Bears, Lions, Seahawks, there's room for massive improvement in a pretty wide-open conference outside of Philadelphia and maybe even San Francisco. Rodgers is puzzling. Yeah, he wants out. He was going to go to Denver. and In the arguments, why would you go to the AFC West and yeah. have to compete against Mahomes uh, and Herbert? Russell Wilson ends up doing that. But how about the AFC East? I mean, Miami's still a solid team. Mm -hmm. Buffalo's going to be the favorite even if you come. You still have Belichick in the division. I mean, that's a tough spot. It's a gauntlet. So he leaves the NFC, and it suddenly becomes Philadelphia, who's got all these salary cap issues and lose two coordinators and the Super Bowl loser hangover, right? And mm -hmm. so suddenly this NFC, can you put San Francisco? Can you plug them into the Final Four? I don't know. Is Trey Lance going to be the guy? I know Purdy's recovered from the surgery. It's very strange, though. Football players don't get Tommy John. So, yeah. I mean, he did very well last year. All those starts at Iowa State helped, but uh, it's wide open. Uh, I'm, I'm not. I think the Rams are going to be barren for a couple years. I'm not big on Arizona. Uh, the NFC North is certainly very interesting. The NFC South now. The Saints become the favorite, but what's Atlanta going to do? Um, is Dallas finally going to have a team that can that can win a couple playoff games? Is Dak ever going to be a winner there? I don't. My vote's no. I don't think yeah. he's ever going to take it. Even they, they haven't though, shown it. They haven't shown it. So, to your point, all the opportunity is in the from a betting standpoint is in the NFC. The NFC North with the Lions and the Bears right now at BetMGM Detroit plus one fifty, the favorite to win that division. Chicago is the long shot, four to one. We talked a little bit about it in the first hour with Atlanta. Would you maybe take a speculative plus four fifty on the Falcons to win the division if they were to get Lamar Jackson? It's not necessarily speculative, but it's more so just baked into the, hey, they have a lot of opportunity to get better. But would you take a flyer right now before the legal tampering period begins on Monday on Chicago at plus 400? I think a lot of people will wait to the draft. But to me, the, the key team is the Vikings here. How do you perceive the Vikings? Because the Packers are hanging on there because Rodgers' deal isn't done yet. Mm -hmm. If Rodgers' deal gets done, they're going to drop down. You the think Bears. they'll bottom out? Well, the Bears will be the third. I do. Wow. I do. 
Um, but how do you view the Vikings? They lose the home playoff game. They won all those games by one score. Was it just a lucky team? And Kirk Cousins is still Kirk Cousins. I, I, I can't get over that. So I think this is a short price on the. I, I think all of these teams in this division right now, I, except the Packers, but you can't make the move just yet, should be like between plus 190 and 270 or something. Yep. I think it's that close. How's it with 150 and $4? I don't, yeah, I don't get make, that either. So to your point, the Bears are with all the value right now. Yeah, I think I would be inter- interested in betting the Chicago Bears. <laughs> to your point on Minnesota, last year their point differential was negative three. <laughs> my, my, minus three point differential after winning 13 games. That just goes to show you how razor thin the margins were in the games that they were winning. And all of those kind of bounces were going their way. Will that happen again in 2023? Chances are no of that happening. So I would expect some regression. Of course, they also went ahead and released Adam Thielen yesterday, moving on from him. But Chicago with the ninth overall pick, I would imagine they spend it on offensive line or something. Cause like the big defenders, like the Andersons, maybe Carter's there and it checks out that Carter's, they're fine with whatever character issues, quote-unquote, that he might have. Maybe they go that route, but they at least should be able to get one of the better old linemen to help protect Justin Fields. I think that's their biggest need because they're putting pieces around Fields if he can throw the ball accurately, right? You know his running abilities, but they got to be able to run the ball out of the backfield as well and protect him. So I think they need to build the line like the Lions did through the draft. That's mm-hmm. their number one, and then focus on the defensive side of the ball, but they have a lot of draft capital to do it. You, you know, you got... One, two, three, seven picks in the first five rounds. It's pretty think good. Think about that. It's pretty good there. They're pretty high picks. And I think the thing with Chicago that we're going to start seeing this upcoming week is the salary cap space. They have to spend X amount of dollars to reach the salary floor. Like you can't just have everybody in on a minimum contract. It's against the CBA. So the Bears are going to be spenders in free agency. I would imagine that they give DJ Moore an extension. That's probably something that was kind of worked out in the deal when they made the trade yesterday with Carolina. But like Jacksonville last year where we saw the Jags probably overpay good players. They paid good players great money, but that still improves the team. Now, long-term, there's the ramifications of that, but they're at least going to have better players on their team. I think Chicago, I don't know if they're going to win the division because they have a lot of holes, but they're going to be a much, much better team in 2023. I, I also think the last six weeks of the year, the Bears were competitive deep into second halves in a lot of these yeah. games and didn't finish the last eight to ten minutes of the mm-hmm. game. Some of the scores are misleading. I mean, they ended up the perfect spot. If you don't make the playoffs, you want the number one pick, right? The mediocrity yeah. is is what perpetuates itself. I got to ask you a question because of your background with Seattle. Yep. Where do you stand with confidence in Pete Carroll? I, I'm confident in Carroll doing the stuff day to day and the stuff that we don't get to see. And that was always mm-hmm. my argument with Seahawks fans back during the Russell Wilson years because kind of funny how the narrative is flipped. Everybody wanted to fire Pete Carroll kind of like what Russell Wilson did as well. but And everybody was siding with Russell Wilson. Now we've seen that narrative change over last year when quickly. Russell Wilson's played. Very quickly. Yeah, very quickly how <laughs> things can change. Wilson declines a little bit, and then Carroll and the Seahawks still go ahead and make the playoffs. I think Pete Carroll's expertise is the stuff that we don't see. It's the motivational stuff. It's the stuff that, like, preaching competition Monday through Saturday, the stuff that galvanizing a locker room all throughout the OTAs, the mini camps, the training camps, that's where Pete Carroll shines. Does he screw up timeouts and challenges? Of course, because not every coach is going to be perfect, and there is no perfect coach. Andy Reid still screws up timeouts and and the middle eight and all that stuff, even being as good a coach that he is. So I trust Pete Carroll. 
I trust John Schneider, their general manager. The one thing I love about them is that they march to their own beat. They don't care about what the outside noise is of, hey, this is the conventional thing to do. They say, well, this is what we're going to do. Like, like, we don't care about the conventional wisdom. We have our own kind of board and our own values here. So I trust that program, and I trust that they'll have a winning team this season. Were they a little bit fortunate last year? I think so, just because the NFC was down and, and Geno Smith played above what I'm sure they even expected. But I think that what you said earlier in this segment of them having the assets and the resources to build a really good team around Geno Smith is going to propel them to being a playoff team again and I really think that they can be a, a challenger to the Niners in that division to win the division. I call him Bozo the Carroll because of all the end game antics. But yeah. I go back to, and college is a different game than the pros. He was the best halftime coach in the game at USC. They were unbelievable in the yeah. adjustments they always made at halftime from a from a strategic standpoint. And I always think, and from, especially from a defensive mind that's still there. Five to one to win the West. You interested? I am interested because I'm up in the air with the 49ers. I'm out on Arizona and in the Rams. We'll talk more Seahawks with our next guest on the other side. Michael Sean Dugar, Seahawks beat writer for The Athletic, joins the show when we come back. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Femi Abebefe, on VSEN, the sports betting network. It is time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports. BetMGM has all of your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the Strip with your state-issued ID to open an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. 
Welcome back. This is the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. Femi Abebefe hanging out with Mike Palm in for Michael Lombardi here on this Saturday. We'll get to the college hoops in a little bit in 15 minutes with Thomas Gable, racing sportsbook director over at the Borgata next segment. But joining us now to help us continue our conversation on the critical offseason ahead for the Seattle Seahawks, we bring in the beat writer for the athletic, Michael Sean Dugar. Michael Sean, man, what's up? Hope all is well. Let's start with the quarterback position here for the Seahawks because it ties into what they did earlier this week, giving Geno Smith the three-year extension worth more than $100 million. But, but based on what we saw yesterday with the Panthers moving up to number one with the trade with the Chicago Bears, do you think that alters the Seahawks' plans at the top of the draft with pick number five? Are they still looking quarterback or do they maybe kind of zero in on one of those top defenders? Yeah, you know, it was interesting because the Seahawks, they, they usually pick like in the 20s. Usually their native pick is like 26, 21, you know, 23, stuff like that. So for them, it's been really hard to like do mock drafts or whatever simulations to kind of see how things will play out so they can shape their board. So just from that perspective, they're really happy about having five, right? It's like, all right, takes the guesswork out of it. We only got to do – there ain't but so many choices if, there's, if for, uh, four people pick in front of us. Right? And with that, I bring that up because with Carolina coming up, now they've telegraphed what they're going to do. And uh, the GM of the Panthers, Scott Fitter, is, is boys with John Snyder. They've worked together for decades. Um, so even if they weren't telegraphing what they were going to do by the trade, Scott knows John, John knows Scott. So that really takes the guesswork out of it. So I just, from that perspective, I think they're just really happy about the trade. So now they kind of know, all right, we have three quarterback needy teams ahead of us. And there's a possibility of maybe the Raiders, you know, jump in uh, ahead of them as well. As far as whether they take a quarterback or a top defensive player, it really comes down to, like, agenda, essentially. Mm. Like, front offices, generally speaking, are long-term thinkers, right? They have to be. They have a plan, probably build out the roster. That's why these teams don't usually swipe the credit card, push cap down the line, because, you know, they're thinking long-term success. So if you're thinking long-term, you take Anthony Richardson if that boy is there because he is special, is mm -hmm. in my mind. Uh, and I think some people in the Seahawks building would agree with that. Or Will Levis because um, he's got a good arm too. If you're thinking short-term, like a head coach usually would, like Pete Carroll, you're thinking, hey, man, we ain't going to be in this top five no more. So if that boy Jalen Carter is there and his worst transgressions is a couple misdemeanors, Jalen Carter, you are a Seahawk because you <laughs> help us in 2023. Um, so I, I would lean towards the defensive end of it just because they have a defensive-minded head coach who is a short-term thinker because most coaches are, um, and he has final say over the roster. That would be where I would lean, but it really could go either way with this franchise. Michael, Sean, there's rumors that Bobby Wagner may be on the table to come back to Seattle in free agency. What position groups or prospects do you think they have their eye on when free agency kicks off? Yeah, I, I think inside linebacker has to be one of them, which Bobby Wagner plays, obviously. They have Jordan Brooks, who they love. Um, he was a first-round pick in 2020. He blew his knee out. It's not a good time to blow your knee out, but week 17 certainly is not a good time uh, because then you're almost out for the whole year in some cases. So that creates an issue. That's their starting linebacker and signal caller. Cody Barton, Jordan's backup, is going to be a free agent here on, on Monday or Wednesday officially. That's huge, right? You go look at their depth chart. Basically, to start week one, you're not going to have either one of your guys. So you need inside linebacker. You can't just rely on a rookie uh, for that position because you ideally want someone who's called plays before because in their defense, the Mike linebacker calls the plays. So inside linebacker has got to be, you know, atop the list. After they cut Shelby Harris, or at least they intend to cut Shelby Harris on their veteran defensive tackles, um, they really are thin at that position too. No Shelby, no Puna Ford. Uh, Brian Monet, their backup nose, blew his knee out, I think, in week 15. 
So you got no interior linemen basically other than 36-year-old Al Woods and Quentin Jefferson. Um, so I would say inside linebacker uh, and interior defensive line, like those got to be atop the list, which is kind of good news because there's a guy like Bobby out there. You can bring back Puna. But in general, those positions just aren't like super cheap. It's not like they need a corner, an edge rusher, and a, and a receiver, right? That'll break the bank. They need positions that are relatively you know, cost-effective. We're speaking with Michael Sean Dugar, Seahawks beat writer for The Athletic. You mentioned that they need some help at linebacker. The Monday is the start of the legal tampering period. New league year begins on Wednesday. Seahawks have a pretty good amount of cap space. Do you expect this team to be aggressive in free agency since they think that this is a win-now mode here with the team making the playoffs a year ago? No, I don't think so. Also, as an aside, I think legal tampering is just such a funny term for this, <laughs> for this period on Monday. It's such an oxymoron, right? Like, if you are tampering, it's quite literally not legal, you know, usually. But I understand. Maybe I'll come up with a different name for it. Like, Please. Somebody else it, or, or, or something like that. It always just makes me chuckle. Anyway, no, I, I don't think so that they will be active. Just because as much as I said the front office is usually a long-term um, thinker, that's, like, really important here. Uh, because there's a balance between trying to win now, but also not, you know, mortgaging, you know, long-term cap flexibility. If you've noticed, Seattle is one of those teams that really hasn't leaned on void years much. They kind of had to during like the peak COVID years because there was mm-hmm. no choice. Um, but when they have a choice, they usually don't uh, lean on void years. I mean, look around the league now. Look at all these teams announcing so and so has restructured this, so and so has restructured that. What you're not seeing is the Seahawks. The Seahawks need to clear some space. They just cut people. Um, you know, that's just kind of how they get down because that's the easiest for cap flexibility down the road. Pushing money into future years for short-term uh, benefit is just not a sustainable model. You know, like shout out to the Saints. They do it every year and figure it out. The Bucks are doing it right now, Cowboys and some other teams. But because the Seahawks don't think that way, I imagine you're not going to see anyone who moves the needle really come into the Seahawks of free agency. For example, uh, at the Athletic, we have like a top 150 free agent list, right, top guys. And it's at the company, it's my job. If, if the Seahawks signs someone that's in the top 100 of our list, I have to do like a 650-word blog or some, something like that. Mm-hmm. I don't anticipate having to do one of those. <laughs> I don't think <laughs> that they're going to sign anyone in the top 100. My editor sent me the instructions. I read it, and I was like, okay, that's cool. But what happens when they sign a guy who's like 140 or 135? So I think that's the range they're going to be in because they don't really like going, going crazy with the spending friend, a frenzy and a free agency. Michael, Sean, you've been out on the Palouse covering the Cougs. If Washington and Oregon do go to the Big Ten, as is expected, can the Pac-12 continue to exist? Uh, exist? Sure. Flourish. Man, I don't know. Like, I think flourish, they probably, we were probably never doing. But, man, I was, I'm a little worried when I read this stuff about the TV deals and we might just be only on, like, Apple Plus or something like that. It's like, man, it's already tough. I'm selfishly thinking about me. I don't really know how the uh, – works with the sustainability of the health of the conference, but I'm someone who travels on Saturdays during the fall usually. So I'll be in like Texas or something like that. Cause they're playing the Texans and I'm just struggling to find a bar nearby. That's even got Pac-12 network. I already know my hotel won't. I remember one time I was in Colorado uh, for the uh, Seahawks Broncos in 2018. And I, I went to four different sports bars that did not have Pac-12 network. Wow. It was just insane. I had to go to some little, uh, I forget the name of it. It's like right across from wherever the Rockies play. That was the only place uh, that had Pac-12 network in a state with a Pac-12 team. So I'm selfishly thinking about me. I think once we're not on TV, once it's even harder to find us on TV, 
I think the conference gets real close to dying, man. TV was basically the thing keeping it alive anyway. So I'm I'm a little worried. But, you know, in the meantime, maybe that means Wazoo just starts winning the Pac-12, which would be great, <laughs> whatever's up to the Pac-12. Because, again, I'm selfishly thinking about me. <laughs> I don't know if it's going to come along with the Rose Bowl bid, though, if the, if the Cougars end up winning the Pac-12. But you know what? You can at least hang the banner. Uh, we got about a minute left here, Michael Sean. Wanted to ask you one last question on the NFC West. The Niners right now are the favorites, minus 160. The Rams, plus 250. Seahawks, 5-1. to one. Cardinals, 25-1. to one. As we sit here on March 11th, would Seahawks 5-1 to one interest you, given the offseason ahead? Uh, absolutely. I was actually, it's funny you mentioned that I was catching up on some of my colleagues' work at the Athletic um, about the other teams. Yesterday, I was curious. The Rams are screwed. If Sean McVay <laughs> was trapped after going 5-12 and 12 last year, he is about to need three therapists to get him through what his team is going to experience in 2023. I'm Look at their cap situation. They're gutting the roster of all the talent, except for Cooper Cup, Stafford, and um, Aaron Donald. And who knows if Stafford's neck is good enough. So they're screwed. Uh, don't believe in Arizona. They got to prove it to me. And, uh, you know, uh, what's his name? Brock Purdy in San Francisco can't throw. Trey Lance can't walk. And Jimmy G ain't on the team no more, really. Jesus, that's just such a bad situation. Uh, I know the Seahawks aren't in a great spot. They only went 9-8. and eight, But, Jesus, you just comparatively speaking – and they look like the front runners at this point. So, yeah, sign me. Oh, I can't bet on the NFL. But if I could, sign me up um, for the Seahawks at 5 1. Yeah, we were talking about it the last segment. Seattle 5 1 makes a whole lot of sense in a division that has a lot of uncertainty. He is Michael Sean, Seahawks beat writer for the Athletic. Michael Sean, great stuff as always, man. Be well. Thank, take care, man. Thank you. Awesome stuff there from Michael Sean. Seahawks might not be as aggressive as we think in free agency, but the door's still open in that division. We'll talk some college hoops on the other side. Thomas Gable, racing sportsbook director over at the Borgata, joins the show next. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Femi Abebefe, on VSEN, the sports betting network. Become a VSIM Pro subscriber today and get everything you need to bet the madness this year for only $19. Whether you're filling out a bracket or betting against the spread, our team is here to get you ready for every game and every round of the tournament. Only VSIM Pro subscribers get unlimited access to our daily best bets, tools like our exclusive betting splits, plus our big dance bracket and betting guides. These guides feature in-depth breakdowns of all 68 teams, Cinderella selections, bracket predictions, and picks on every tournament game from VEASAN experts like Brent Musburger and Greg Hoops-Peterson. Sign up today to get the betting guides plus full access to VEASAN through the end of the tournament for only $19 at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Welcome back. This is the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. He's Mike Palm. I'm Femi Abebefe. We're hanging out here at the downtown Las Vegas Circa Resort and Casino where all things are happening. Big crowd yesterday, expecting a big crowd once again today to talk college basketball and watch these games and to help us break down these games. We bring in our guy who joins us every day on the weekends, Thomas Gable, racing sportsbook director over at the Borgata. Thomas, thanks for joining us here this morning once again. Let's get into the Big East Tournament Final later on this afternoon, 3.30 tip-off West Coast time, 6.30 over on the East Coast. Haven't talked much about this game so far here on this show, but Marquette, really impressive performance against UConn last night. They're now two-point favorites against Xavier, total 154. Uh, what do you make of this game over at the Garden later on this evening? Yeah, I, I thought it was a tremendous uh, game yesterday. Marquette uh, knocking off UConn there last night, and 
uh, Xavier being Creighton. Uh, this has been a great tournament thus far, and I think this is going to be a fun championship game at the Garden. This is actually going to be the first all-Midwestern final in this tournament's history. So we'll see what the atmosphere is like in the Garden uh, with, with these two teams in the final. I know UConn had a lot of fan support there last night, so it'll be interesting if these two fan bases, uh, how the atmosphere there is. It's, it's normally so good in this tournament. Um, I, I thought Marquette really stepped up defensively against UConn uh, yesterday. We talked about how good they are on offense, how efficient they are, top 10 in offensive efficiency, but quietly they're playing better defense. Xavier, though, comes in with a, with a very dangerous offense here. They're top five in the country, offensive efficiency, third in three-point shooting at 40%. Uh, they lead the Big East in field goal percentage, and they distribute the basketball. They average nearly 20 assists per game. So I give the rebounding advantage to Xavier in this one, but turnovers, I feel, could be a factor here in this one. Marquette does a great job of protecting the basketball, and Xavier typically does not produce a lot of turnovers on defense. Conversely, Marquette's strength on defense is creating turnovers. And that potentially could be the differentiating factor in this game today. Thomas, let's turn our attention to Bridgestone Arena in Nashville. The first of the two SEC semifinals tips off at 1 o'clock your time, featuring the regular season champion Alabama against Missouri, who closed strong to beat Tennessee yesterday. They only met once during the year in Columbia, January 21st. Bama was a six-point road favorite. They crushed the Tigers by 21, looking at 9.5 as a spread today with a total of 157.5. Yeah, 9.5 mostly. I think you guys actually uh, might be at 10 now, Mike, there at Circa. So um, uh, you guys just must be seeing some some Bama money. But um, Missouri advanced yesterday with a win against Tennessee, 79-71. Missouri has had, I think, one of the best seasons they've had in years, picking up the most wins they've had in a season since 2011-2012. And they're 6-3 and three this year against ranked teams in the AP Top 25. Dennis Gates was rewarded with that contract extension uh, after the game yesterday. Uh, so, I mean, they've had a very good season. Uh, I think have been certainly exceeding expectations all year. Uh, Alabama, I think, quieted a lot of concerns yesterday. A dominating performance against Mississippi State, who had the potential to give them some problems stylistically with how they like to play. But today's game should be much more free-flowing as Missouri likes to play in the same style as Alabama. Both, both teams like to play at a fast tempo, constantly pushing the ball. Now, these two teams, like you mentioned, Mike, play back in January. Alabama rolled in that one, uh, 85-64. But important to remember, the Tigers did not have Kobe Brown in that game. And, and Bama out-rebounded Missouri by 11. Now the Tide will have a they will have a size advantage in this one, even with Brown back in the lineup. But I expect Missouri to really defend the perimeter here, create turnovers on defense to neutralize that size advantage that the Tide has, um, which, I mean, let's face it, Bama's always going to have the rebounding advantage against Missouri. But uh, I, I think Missouri, if they can create the turnovers, and Bama is uh, a lot of times they're subject to turn the ball over there, uh, this could be a lot closer than we think it may. We're speaking with Thomas Gable, race and sportsbook director over at the Borgata in Atlantic City. The Big 12 is the best conference in America, Thomas, and we have the two top teams 
in the championship game. It's only fitting that that's the case here. Kansas taking on Texas. Jayhawks, two-point favorites, total 142.5. Jayhawks, of course, without their head coach, Bill Self, who's dealing with the health issues. They expect him to be back for the NCAA tournament, but they're trying to round this thing out without him on the sidelines out there in Kansas City. What do you make of this game, though, out in the Big 12 between the Jayhawks and Longhorns? Yeah, I mean, Kansas cruised past Iowa State yesterday. No Bill Self, no problem for the Jayhawks. Uh, But now they face the Longhorns for the Big 12 title. Texas defeated TCU in an ugly game yesterday. Texas is one of the few teams that were top 20, both offensive and defensive efficiency. And the other thing I really like about this Longhorns team, and it's so important come tournament time, is their experience. They rely on a lot of upperclassmen, and there's no substitute for experience in March. There just just isn't. Um, And it's really something you have to take into account when you're handicapping teams come tournament time. Uh, they brought in a few key contributors via the transfer portal and Rice and Hunter, and they have a solid backcourt that can create turnovers and get out in transition. Kansas, in my opinion, they should be the number one overall seed for the tournament based on the amount of quad one wins they have accumulated this season. I still have Houston and Alabama power rated ahead of them, but Kansas, I feel, has earned the overall number one seed. Um, these two faced off one week ago. Kansas really had nothing to play for. Texas won in a blowout, but I'm just happy we get these two teams in the final for a conference that, like you said, Femi, it's the best in basketball this season. And really, I felt there were so many teams that could win this conference. Uh, we got the top two here in what should be a fantastic game today. We do have some liability on Kansas uh, in the future uh, pool for this tournament. Uh, but right now, at least for the game itself, Betting has been pretty even here on this one. St. Thomas of Brigantine, I need some help here. I want to take your attention to Frisco, not the Cow Palace, but the Ford (laughs) Center at the Star for the Conference USA Championship game. Tom, I made this game UAB two and a half. We opened it, and our guy's number sharper than my number, opened it, uh, I mean, um, FAU two and a half. We opened it FAU one. At MGM, it's all the way to UAB two and a half here. I have to take two and a half, even though the Sharps are on UAB. Your thoughts? Well, Mike, I also made this game one. and uh, But, again, as you said, this has uh, moved the other way. Uh, UAB now pretty much laying two uh, across the board. As you said, Ben MGM, I think, is a two and a half. But um, I lean Florida Atlantic here. I, I do. I think you have to take the two. Uh, if you can grab the two and a half there, then and you do that. But – uh, again, I, I make Florida Atlantic uh, uh, a short favorite, and this is you know, if UAB wins this game and wins the title, they could get these two bids. They could get two bids into the dance here. UAB getting the automatic if they win, and, and Florida Atlantic, I think, with a 31 season, they have to be in consideration. Thomas, let's get to the moment that everybody's been waiting for. Your best bet for the day. Now, Thomas has three best bets. The other two, you'll have to go to the VEASAN Pro Picks page. Make sure you subscribe at VEASAN.com to get Thomas's full card for the day. But we'll give you a one. We'll give you a one freebie here, and it's in the MAC, the championship game out there in Cleveland between Kent State and Toledo. Thomas, what do you like in this game and why? Yeah, so we're going to look at the total again uh, with Toledo. This Toledo's been a team that uh, I've been on the over with a lot this year. It's been very successful. Didn't get there yesterday. We were on the over in their game yesterday. Uh, they came up short, though. But um, Toledo-Kent State here in the final. And, again, Toledo, second-best three-point shooting team in the country. 
Uh, they're tremendous. Both of these teams, though, can absolutely fill it up. Kent State, no slouch on offense. Uh, they can they can get out and run with you. And Toledo, of course, likes to push the pace. Toledo, though, very bad defensively. And really, that is where Kent State, I think the difference in this game is, Kent State much better defensively. Um, but I expect this game to be played into the 150. So we're going over 149 and a half. There you go. You can find a 148 and a half in the market here in, in Las Vegas. Thomas, it's a special day. We're looking at that updated photo of you on the screen. Stephanie Kamershack's in the control room. She has to look at it, too. So long she held the campaign for that opening night at Borgata, but we've got a modern picture, and I'm so happy. Well, thank you. I, it, it's all due to your campaigning for years and years. I'm glad she uh, finally gave in there. She relented. <laughs> he is Thomas Gable, Race and Sports and Book Director over at the Borgata. Thomas, we'll talk to you tomorrow, buddy. All right. Thank you, guys. All right. We'll be back at the wrap of the show on the other side. This is the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Femi Abebefe on VSEN, the sports betting network. BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, unleashes the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM Rewards. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you can earn BetMGM Rewards points that you can redeem for online bonus credits like bonus bets and bet insurance tokens. Planning a trip to Vegas, you can also convert your BetMGM points into MGM Rewards points that you can use towards dining shows and hotel rooms at over 20 MGM Resorts properties located on the Las Vegas Strip and nationwide. Sign up with BetMGM or log on to get an even bigger piece of the action with BetMGM Rewards. Eligibility restrictions apply. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. New and existing customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire in seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER.
Welcome back. This is the Lombardi Line final segment on the show this morning. Femi Abebefe alongside Mike Palm hanging out at the Visa Studios at the Circa Resort and Casino. A uh, jam-packed show that we had here flew on by here, Mike, and we had a lot of guests to thank for that. Uh, Michael Lombardi, who joined us at the top of the show, former NFL front office executive, obviously the author of The Daily Coach, host of the GM Shuffle, and the host of this very show. He'll be back on Tuesday, by the way. Uh, thank you to Wes Reynolds, Vison Tonight, and also the College Basketball Betting Podcast, the Long Shots Podcast, and everything else Wes does here at the network. Carl Jig Jack Johnson, Sportsbook Director over at the Beau Rivage, Michael Sean Dugar, Seahawks Beat Writer at The Athletic, and then in the last segment, we had Thomas Gable, Racing Sportsbook Director over at the Borgata. Thank you to all of them for helping make this a better show. And before we get into the College Basketball card, let's get to the pro tip for the show today, and that is in the NFL with free agency coming up tomorrow, or rather on Monday, I should say. New league year begins on Wednesday. If you're looking to bet some NFL division futures, I think it's really important, and we discussed this earlier and all throughout the show, to kind of find the divisions that have uncertain favorites, and I think the NFC West is a really good example of that. Probably the best example with the 49ers hoping Brock Purdy can come back and how soon after the Tommy John surgery. Trey Lance might be your option to start the year. It looks like Jimmy G will be gone. So you have a very vulnerable favorite. You have a team that won a Super Bowl a couple years ago but really has stripped the cupboard bare in the Rams. Uh, a team that's been discarded with Kyler Murray at 25-1 to in the Cardinals. And then here you have the Seahawks with the fifth mm -hmm. pick in the draft. Resigned Geno Smith, extended Geno Smith. Uh, they have capital to spend. Um, and uh, they're sitting at five to one, um, which seemed like a good price. I would also, I think the NFC North has some uncertainty at the top too. I mean, the Lions. When's the last time though? We have to go with the research department here. When's yeah. the last time the Lions were a preseason favorite to win the division? I don't think they were even years they won one playoff game, right? Honestly. I, I, so, and, and they're sitting there, and and a short price too, plus one thirty, plus one fifty, um, and looking at the Bears' upside with the draft ahead. But you know, the numbers available now. It's probably not going to be there post-draft, post-free agency. That's a really good question. When was the last time the Lions were, like, 91 maybe? But I know, like, Minnesota had a lot of hype with Herschel yeah. Walker. But 91 was before the, we all knew that Favre was going to be Favre. Mm. So maybe then, because that was a good Lions team that made it all the way to the NFC Championship. They won the division that year. Not sure they were favored, though. But yeah, uh, even if it was, it's 32 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a the point we're making is it's been a while for the Detroit Lions, but somebody get on that, tweet at us. Maybe the research in the back will get on that Lions' favor to win the division. But they're the favorites right now to win the NFC North. All right, talked enough football. The folks know that conference championship Saturday, selection Sunday is tomorrow. I know you're very excited. Big day here at mm -hmm. Circa. A lot of betting action will be coming in right as the brackets are released. We cannot wait for that. But we still have a little work to do before we get to the bracket being unveiled tomorrow afternoon. So let's start in the SEC with Missouri and Alabama. This game is about to tip off in about a little over an hour in Nashville. The Tide, 10-point favorites, total 158. Thomas Gable mentioned how they answered some of those questions about how would they respond after everything that's been going on uh, around that team. Are, are you now comfortable buying in on the Tide at this big of a price against Mizzou? No interest. No interest at yeah. all. If, if, at 10, I would have to take Missouri. Um, as Thomas Gable said, that's a lot of points here. Um, and, and I have the Alabama future ticket, so I'm, I'm not interested at all. I do still have Texas A&M available that I have at 5-1 to one to win the SEC. So You going to hedge a little with Vandy? Uh, it's interesting because take the six, right? And you yeah. can middle it and still have your ticket move on and get off the liability. Maybe it creeps up to six and a half. 
Um, but that's an interesting angle, maybe for a third of my ticket amount. Yeah. Wes Reynolds said he came on, he liked Vandy. Yeah. Jake Jack said that people are betting Vandy over at the Beau Rivage. Wes Reynolds talked about Stackhouse like he was Dean Smith. I mean, it was quite an endorsement. <laughs> hey, you don't want to cross Jerry Stackhouse. So. No. So I don't blame Wes for, for speaking glowingly of Stackhouse, but hell of a hell of a performance for for his team and and a coaching job from him. They knocked off Kentucky yesterday. How about Texas and Kansas, the Big Twelve title game? Jayhawks two point favorites, total one forty two and a half. Yeah, it should be a great game. I can't play yeah. the game. That that's the the home court advantage will be with Kansas. Texas is they both look good in the tournament, right? And and mm-hmm. what what we remember is a pretty dominating performance where they got Kansas by the throat early in that game down in Austin. So uh, neither team would surprise me. Kansas is going to be on a one line, maybe the one overall. Texas, can Texas get to a one line? I don't think so. I, I think, think they're they locked can. into it yeah. too. But it's a fun game for the, the championship of the best conference in, in, in the land this year. And also of note with that game, Timmy Allen, Texas's forward, averages about 10 points per game. He will not play in this game. Uh, should be good to go for the NCAA tournament. They said that it's just a leg injury that's bothering him right now, so they're not going to go ahead and risk it in the Big 12 title game, which kind of gives you a little bit of a peek behind the, yeah. the, the curtain about how these teams feel about this game. Maybe the under. Is a look in this. Game. I looked at it at 142 and a half. I mean, that was uh, you just sit in the rocking chair last night. That TCU, that game 140. If you by by the time they got to the under 12, it was already in the 130s in the end game, right? And it and, and it sat between 138 and 135, 133. I mean, you could have tried to take a shot and get in the middle there, but you wouldn't have got there because mm-hmm. it just stayed under and into the 120s. It was an ugly basketball game, but it was pretty if you bet the under. Very pretty. Texas and TCU. Xavier Marquette, the Big East Championship over at the Mecca. Golden Eagles, first time they've made it to the championship game of the Big East Tournament. Two-point favorites, total 154. I think they will be motivated to go ahead and win this game. Good matchup here. And as Thomas said, a great tournament, good fact, two Midwest teams here. Uh, I've got Marquette in a future ticket for the NCAA tournament. Not touching this game. Um, Will we finally get one of these, you know, the Big East games have played under these high totals, a high-scoring league, but they've been way under the totals. Will we get one of these, you know, 90 to 85 games? Yeah. I'm waiting for one of those to break <laughs> out yet. They haven't been. They've been pretty solid underplays in this tournament so far. I want to get to a game um, that I have a play on, and it's the first A-10. Interesting A-10 mm-hmm. schedule where they took a day off yesterday and yeah, not playing. Weird. I like VCU, and I laid the four with VCU against St. Louis. Um, they won by eight in the Lou earlier in the year as a, as, um, as a three-point underdog at that point. For a team that won this conference pretty easily at 15 and three, and then when they came back to uh, Richmond, were a six and a half point home favorite, won that game by 12. You're laying four today uh, on the neutral at Barclays. I think VCU now up to four and a half in some spots. Uh, I think VCU wins this game uh, by distance. In the ACC, Duke opened two, now out to three across <laughs> the board against Virginia. Total 123 and a half. It feels like everyone's buying in on the Dukies, and for good reason. They've been playing much better over the last three weeks or so. If you want to go with the, the, the steam, or as Applebaum says or whatever, I think there's like a clear three-team parlay if you want to get involved in the small game with UAB. Talk to me. But how about – and I'm, I'm not endorsing the UAB side, but, I mean, Arizona's going to take – the Arizona's going to end up a one-and-a-half or two-point favorite tonight. Yeah. Duke is just going to get steamed up here. And UAB, which went from, from, went from a one-and-a-half-point dog to a two-and-a-half-point favorite. I think people look at that and say, you know, with these moves and the, and the sharper money – Maybe you take a look at putting a little three-team parlay together here. Are you going to do that? Uh, I like it because of the timing where you're, you're going to have Arizona clearly the last game. 
So you can kind of pick do. your price. You get the first two in, right? Yeah. And yep. if the, and if they get to be two, two and a half, you can take a take shot with you say, or an in-game price where you could middle it and hit the parlay and the side. I like the way you're thinking. <laughs> <laughs> I like the way you're thinking. It's with always this a, stuff. To me, par- yeah. parlays are always about timing. You can't put a parlay together with games that are at the same time. It can't end with two or three games going at the same time because you don't have the opportunity to monetize. Which honestly is an additional pro tip for next week. Next, when next we time. when we have the next NCAA, time we're together we'll, in 2026. Well, well, the NCAA tournament, I mean Thursday, yeah. Friday, all those games going yeah. on like simultaneously. Yeah. There's going to be people that say, "Hey, I'm going to parlay the early window and you don't well, really you, have you, those chance. You get four windows a day, right? And yep. they kind of slide along so that you can do the a 14 parlay yeah. and and have them all separated. Go ahead and ladder that thing mm-hmm. on up into the into the evening. That'll give you a nice little sweat throughout the day in the NCAA tournament here. Uh, any other games that interest you? Because then we have the Big Ten, the semifinal games, Ohio State-Purdue. I took some Ohio State uh, while we were during the break there. Wes, he said he liked Ohio State. I kind of lean that way riding this Buckeye train. Do you like the Buckeye? I think if you want to take Ohio State, you take them pre-flop. You don't wait here because mm-hmm. um, they've played well early in these games. If you like Purdue, maybe you wait for Ohio State to get out into a little run like you saw with Rutgers, and you can lay a smaller number, maybe two and a half or three. Yeah, could be another big day for the Buckeyes who are looking to maybe be bid stealers Beefs. out of the Big Ten beefs is what we're calling them. <laughs> that does it for us here on the Lombardi Line. For Mike Palm, I'm Femi Abebefe. For our producer, Elliot Bowman, and the entire crew, we wish you all the best of luck. The Handle with Dave Ross and Matt Brown coming up next. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 